0: My name is Rachel Auroric, founder of Spark Personal Growth Experiences, and if you want to learn to define your life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate
1: podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success. No one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am super excited to bring to you an interview with Rachel O'Rourke. Rachel and I had the opportunity to connect at the Unleash You Now conference last November in Delaware. And she was a speaker at that conference. And I was blown away by her message and her authenticity and vulnerability and just really wanted to connect with her and learn more more about her mission. Rachel is a personal growth expert, an international keynote motivational speaker, and the founder and CEO of Spark Personal Growth Experiences. She's best known for the Spark Live Summit. This Pacific Northwest Conference draws in hundreds of women each year to Portland, Oregon for two days of transformation. Through her talks, events, social content, masterminds, and online self-development school, Rachel has helped hundreds of women find purpose, wealth in all areas, and to create a life that they wake up excited about every day. Additionally, she is the co-host of the Flawed Females podcast, a hilariously refreshing show that has ranked in the top 15% of self-development podcasts in the U.S. and has sparked a vulnerable visibility movement in women worldwide. You can learn more about Rachel at rachelorourke.com. I loved this interview with Rachel, we really got to dig into the power of women helping women and her story of why she started this Spark Personal Growth Conferences. I cannot wait for you to hear from Rachel. Before we dig in, I wanted to speak to you for just a minute about an opportunity to really hone in on what it is that you want to accomplish. What does success mean to you? What does a great life look like to you? What does your perfect life feel like to be able to have that well-rounded life where everything kind of falls into place? If you're the type of person where you seem to get one thing under control and then the other thing falls apart, Or you're just not quite sure how to balance this great career that you have with your family life or something in your business life has stalled and you're not sure if you're still going in the right direction. You're not sure if you're still climbing the right mountain and you want to explore whether or not you're still on the right path. The Define Your Life Mastermind is perfect for you. I launched it on July 1st and it's amazing. I'm going to be launching another one here coming up soon. So if you missed out on that first opportunity to jump in, Don't worry, there's going to be another opportunity coming up. Let's connect so that we can see if you're a good fit for the mastermind, if we're a good fit to work together and start getting you on the path to really defining your best life, having the courage to live it and building a business around the life that you want to have. Go to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com. You can check out more information on the mastermind there and you can go ahead and click a call with me to learn more if you have further questions or if you're ready to jump in, you can just sign up there. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I
0: am really excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I feel like we've been trying to plan this for a while now since Unleash You and here we are. It's
1: a little bit. That's what happens when you get to like game-changing, powerful women and trying to get something done, right?
0: Amen. Busy, busy lives. <laughs> I like it. I
1: like it. So, um, most of the people, um, well, everybody just heard your intro, um, but you have this amazing organization, Spark, and I'm really excited to get into your story about how this vision for Spark happened for you. But I know that that wasn't always your your path and and your purpose, so why don't we start way back to what it was like for you growing up? Like what did you think you wanted to be when you were a kid?
0: Uh, you know i it evolved when i when I was a kid i mean I, I was raised by a very young single mom. She had me in her teens i was'm the oldest in my family, and what I wanted to be when I was growing up was um wealthy because I grew up poor. Um and have stability because a lot of my childhood was just unstable because of the lack of a father figure. My mom um, often worked multiple jobs and I just knew that I wanted to be um, like all of the other kids who had these like full house-esque families, obviously with a mother involved though, uh, which led me down this path of uh, in my early 20s, trying to find any way to find that and looking for, um, any, any outlet that would provide me money and stability. And I ended up, um, married very young. I was 22 when I got married. And, um, I had like a six figure job and my husband had a six figure job. And, um, fast forward a few years later, I was just like, why am I not happy? Still not happy. I have everything that I thought that I wanted, everything that I dreamed as a kid. And um, so began the the discovery of like what is actually fulfillment for me. And it's been a crazy ass journey.
1: No, I love that so much. I know that the people who listen to this know um, my journey, which is very similar, like money driving everything. And then you know, I tell people that the most dangerous thing that could happen is you could get it. Cause that moment that you do and your problems don't disappear, everything is like a whirlwind for you because you you thought this was supposed to be happiness. So for you, right. what what did that look like? What did um what did you start? I, I kind of feel like whenever somebody goes through this, there's a moment where you're not really sure why you're unhappy, and then there's a bunch of like, um, maybe I can fix it with this. Maybe I can fix it with this. Maybe I can fix it with this. And then all of a sudden you realize <laughs> that you're the problem. What did that look like for you?
0: The, well, the, the first thing was definitely my marriage. Uh, I thought the key to fixing my marriage was just to have more children. <laughs> uh, and after after the third child and still being just so unhappy and so lonely, I was like, "What? something's wrong with me. Uh, and it took having a conversation with one of my best friends who I thought had this perfect marriage and looking at her and thinking like, I could never tell anybody how miserable I am because I mean, it's just ridiculous to have so much and still like, you just feel like a whiny ass baby. (laughs) And one of my best friends um, had this conversation with me and just started crying and confessed that she was just so unhappy in her marriage and she just wished her husband would cheat on her so she'd have a a reason to leave because being unhappy just doesn't seem like a valid reason and i remember looking at her and one being sad for my friend but feeling really sad for myself because that's exactly how i felt and it was like looking into a mirror and seeing where my future was going to be heading and i was i was it was this eye opening earth shattering moment that I was like, God, no, why am I even doing this? And I went home and asked for a divorce and, um, which was terrifying to me because I was so afraid of being a single mom, seeing how much my own mom struggled. Uh, I just, I didn't know what to expect. And that was the, the, the first step into dismantling my life and rebuilding it. And, um, from there it was like my i didn't have my kids half of the time so we we did 50/50 custody <clears throat> for the first year uh and all of a sudden i went from having this identity as a mom and pouring everything into my children to having half of my time where i had like i did not know what to do with me myself i had no idea what, what even made me happy i had hardly any like friends that lived close to me only a couple of really friends at all i mean I mean, and none of them were anywhere near. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I actually like to do? What do I actually want to do at this time? And I went to my first ever women's conference and uh, met a woman there who ended up being the maid of honor in my wedding a few years later when I got remarried. And that was the, the next big step for me is actually building um, a tribe around me of women who were doing great things in the world, who are entrepreneurs, who were very independent and just seeing the way that other women could model for me what it was like to move around this world uh, as as a female, because I really didn't know what that even looked like. um, That was definitely the big next pivotal step um, for me. And then Fast forward a few years later, I'm remarried to an amazing man. We've been together now for eight years. Um, We moved up to to Oregon from California, and everything seemed to look great again. Like I had this beautiful family, this amazing husband. I had a a, another great six-figure job, um, but I started feeling that unhappiness feeling again. And I was like, "What is wrong with me? How can this is This shouldn't have come back. It's like when you you get." you get rid of like cancer and then damn it it comes back it's like they get it I mean that's an extreme example but that was kind of how I was feeling um and then I, I noticed that that feeling was really happening every time i went to my job and so i was like well maybe i just need to switch careers and so i left working um as a marketing director and went to work for a large fitness chain as a general manager cuz i loved working out and i was like okay this is this is going to be it <laughs> and of course it wasn't it and i was i just felt like every time i would go to work i felt like a piece of my soul was dying and i i, I didn't know what to do at this point and so i i started somebody gave me an audible credit and uh, which is audiobook app for those of you who don't know um and i went to like go look for a just a story like you know just a regular fictional book and i I'm sorry, nonfiction. And I got caught up on the word self-help. And I was like, God, myself really needs a lot of help right now. Why not? (laughs) And and I read the first ever personal development book that I've ever read. I've since read hundreds, um, but it was You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Right?
1: Yes. So good. So
0: good. And it changed everything for me. Uh, I started just honestly out of desperation, just started doing some of the things that she was recommending. And I started meditating and I started journaling and I started visualizing and life started rapidly changing. I mean, even though my outside world didn't change a lot at first, just the way that I looked at it, just my perception, my mindset started shifting. Uh, And from there, everything else started unfolding. I I quit my corporate job. And without any backup plan, um, this is in in spring of 2017, (laughs) so it was not that long ago. Um, The same year, that exact same year, I launched um, two companies. I launched Auroric Media, my own marketing consulting business. And then I launched Spark. And the first ever Spark conference was six months after I quit my corporate job. And it was just this weird leap of faith. Like, you know, when you like, when you go through a personal transformation and you're like, everybody needs to know how to do this. Why, why on earth is, is everybody not meditating or visualizing or <clears throat> yeah, all of yeah. these things? I was like, gosh, I. I just and I used to love to speak when I was in high school and elementary school. I like I did my a speech during my eighth grade graduation and uh, during the homecoming game, and I was like, well, maybe I'll start speaking. And so I started asking these local events if I could speak on their stages, and they wanted this crazy thing called experience, which (laughs) I didn't have. Uh, And so during a meditation, I was just like, all right, universe, give me a sign. Like, what what is the thing that I can do? to, to give back, to help women, to bring women together. And I heard this very clear message that said, just build your own stage. And, and that's where Spark was born. And it's since then, I mean, it started out as this once a year conference. I I remember the first conference, it was 75 women. I begged most of them to be there. I gave (laughs) away so many free tickets and went so far into debt. Um, but it, it was the most transformational weekend I've Ever experienced like it still blows my mind that I actually facilitate like I put it on, but it it was bringing all of these women together with these amazing stories and just these two days of just deep sisterhood and connection. Um, and every year, it's just it's doubled in size, and it's the the actual conference. So we're having our fourth one this September, and we're estimating well over six hundred women coming together at the Oregon Convention Center or online if we have to with (laughs) everything that's happening with COVID right now. Adapt and Um,
1: overcome, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, um, something happened last year. So there's a woman named Annabelle Fisher who, um, she spoke at the first spark. She, she and I quickly became really, really good friends. And she unfortunately passed away from ovarian cancer last June. And she, knowing that she was going to die, she spent her final weeks, months um, living this by this motto to grab life with both hands and make it count every single day, make every moment count. And when she passed away, I felt like she handed me this torch and needed me to just share this message and to not only share it, but to truly live it. And so I started thinking about all of the things that I wanted to do with Spark in the future. I, I knew I wanted to launch an online school. I wanted to build this community. I wanted to do a lot more smaller events. And like all of this stuff was like, someday, someday Spark's going to do this. Yes. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. We're, we're doing it right now. And- it, I mean, Spark has just exploded in this last year since then. Um, we have a, just a thriving online community. We we do like four or five different smaller events every month, which are all virtual right now. Uh, and then we launched an online school. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's saying this stuff out loud and knowing <laughs> that this, it just three years ago, like all of this was just an idea. Like, if there's something that, if you're listening to this and there's something that you're thinking about doing someday, someday I'm going to be able to be a speaker or write a book, it can happen in such a crazy short amount of time if you really just visualize what you want and then just leap into action. Requires a crazy amount of trust. Yes.
1: 100%. There's so much amazing stuff in everything that you just said, but there's a couple of things that I want to pull out and talk about. Um, First of all, Jen Sincero, if you're listening to this and you have not read her book, go get it like yesterday and read it. Um, I talk about comfort zones a lot. And, you know, in the fitness world and the obstacle course racing world, everybody says, you know, get out of your comfort zone. And it was just a phrase that I had heard over and over again. And then, I read her book and she has that quote, which is now the screensaver of my phone that says, the walls of your comfort zone are lovingly decorated with a lifetime of your favorite excuses. And this was the first time that I felt it as like a house that I live in. And it was so visual to me and so powerful that every time somebody mentions that book, I just kind of like leap a little bit inside because it's so amazing. (laughs) Um, Oh, so good. There's so much power. And then she has the follow-up, you're a badass at making money, which is fantastic as well. Um, I want to talk about what you mentioned about women in the first women's conference that you went to. um, And this idea of, so I kind of, especially for me, I felt like I get along better with men. And I realized after a long time that the reason I do that is because I'm shielding myself from the people that I see as my mirror, right? We -hmm. see all of our flaws and we see all of our greatness in that person. And we're afraid to step into that. And I love that you have created a spot where women can come and just be everything that they're supposed to be and be motivated by each other and recognize their greatness. But it is getting in those environments and understanding and allowing other people to see what is possible and show you a different way of life that is what pushes us through those uncomfortable times that you were talking about.
0: Yes. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, it's, there's, unfortunately women have been conditioned to, to kind of be against each other. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly told to compare ourselves to other women and I mean and women because of this walk around with these masks on trying to pretend to be what they think they're supposed to look like or act like in the world and and so if you if you have a good bs meter and you can tell when when somebody's being fake, you don't want anything to do with that. And unfortunately, yeah. women a lot of the times feel like they have to act like somebody that they're not. So I understand why you were around like prefer the company of men because men typically, not always, but they're they're not wearing as many masks or as as, as conditioned as as women are. And, and what I think is so great about about going to events, whether it's Spark or any other event where there's people that are on stage just sharing very vulnerable stories, is I mean, if they show up on a stage without a mask and they're just sharing what is so true to them, then that you're giving everybody in the audience permission to do the same. And all of a sudden you see all of these walls start breaking down and true connection starts to happen. And that's one of the most beautiful things that you can see. It's why I love live events so much because you can, as people walk in day one, you can see the guards up. You can see the masks that people are wearing. And by day two, end of day two, it's just this raw nakedness of just honesty and truth. And you feel so connected to one another
1: yeah I one hundred percent agree, and I think that the comment that you made about the conditioning of um, the conditioning of women is so true, and anybody who wants to be a professional I mean you come from the corporate world i 'm um, in a male dominated profession, and we 're kind of taught when we 're in those environments we 're conditioned to train like the human out of ourselves and train the emotion out of ourselves, and then we get around. Um, our female friends and we don't know how to act and we don't know how to show up because we've been conditioned this way for so long. And Mm -hmm. I remember when I joined my first women's group and it was a group of five girls that I had been friends with forever and never really gotten close to. And they invited me and I was like, this is going to be awful. And the eight months that we met every single month changed my life. And so I just... Love what you do because you bring all of that together and the live event side of it. But you do so much more than that too because you have your retreats and you have your online classes and you have just created this whole like empire of empowerment for people to come in and get what they need to go out and crush it in the world.
0: Thank you. Well, it's definitely, it's gone beyond, it's gone beyond me. I think, I I feel like I birthed this, this idea into the world, and every woman that comes to an event or joins the community puts this energy into Spark that has now become—it's this life force of its own. And that um, Spark has its its own um, its own medicine woman, and we have a a spiritual advisor named Amber Jane. And she she came up to me last year, and she's like, you know, you may have birth Spark, but Spark is its own. Thing now and so we like we went on the spiritual journey to go meet like the, the energy that is Spark, uh, and it it really is it's this combined collective of so many women that are coming together, which is why I think it's grown so fast. Because once women can get into a space where they feel true connection and sisterhood, they just want to share it, and so it's just it's just out there. It's beautiful. It really is. Like I get teary-eyed talking about it.
1: I can imagine. I can imagine. And the what was it like for you the first time? Because you, you went from this place where you felt like you were missing something. I think you said you felt like your soul was dying inside every time you went to work. And now you're in this place where you see something that you have created, not only changing, wor- changing the world, but also taking on this identity of itself and, and being talked about like it's this person. Yeah. Um, what is that like for you?
0: You know, it's, it's kind of trippy, um, especially because uh, I, I've gotten, because of Spark, I've gotten a lot more visible and um, it, people, people often, and, and it's weird to say this, but like people often feel at first when they first meet me, like I'm on some sort of pedestal. Oh my gosh, it's Rachel, you've created Spark. And um, it. Like I have to have so many conversations with people like I am a very real human being who makes mistakes all of the time. I have no idea what I'm doing half of the time. I'm just like everybody else and I, and I have to make sure that everybody understands that because if every time you put somebody up on a pedestal, you're basically saying that there's something that they have that you don't have, and it's an excuse to not do the thing that you want to do, and so like we are, we are all on the same playing field, and so I to just really want to be very clear with that um, because a guy, I had a woman run up to me in the grocery store the other day, and she started crying, and she was like, I feel like I'm meeting Oprah, and I'm like, this is so weird. Um, but but it's it, it, honestly, I feel honored that, that Spark is making the impact that it is, and I feel very blessed that the universe gave me the idea. I'm just a channel for it to come through. Um and there's just I I love seeing where this is going because I do see just a a global impact that can be made from this this beautiful thing that is Spark. And um it's just the way that that businesses are ran these days uh is just through such a masculine energy. And what I love about it's there's so many women that are are stepping into leadership roles that are launching their own businesses. And when you step into an organization that is ran by females that are running with more like the way that the feminine energy is supposed to lead is through such an intuitive place it's it's through being able to to plan meetings around like your your cycle to pay attention <laughs> to, pay attention to emotion and pay attention to energy and it's it's such a beautiful flow and i think that like when you come into like part of when I hire a new person, like that, my employee contract is so different from anybody else's. Like, it, like there's required self care. It's making sure, that like, you're taking care of your body and you're like you just. There's so many different ways that that women can do things if they realize that that's the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to be pushing and forcing. We're supposed to be really just listening to what we want on any given day and what feels good and what our intuition is telling us. I love that so much.
1: And I can imagine that it's pretty powerful to see that person who comes up to you running kind of creepy stalker style saying, you know, I feel like I'm meeting Oprah. And when that happens, it has to be flattering. But at the same time, what comes to my mind is how heartbreaking it is that that person thinks that you're so much better than yeah. where they are right now. And when you're able to impact a life and see, you know, six, eight months, a year down the road where that person now becomes empowered, I can imagine that that's one of the best feelings for you in your business.
0: Oh, it's, it's amazing. There's, we, so we have a, a mastermind that we run a few times a year and there was, um, here's an example. There was a woman in the mastermind who joined and she was just one of the most shyest quietest, timid people who felt like her voice didn't really matter. And this is is maybe, I don't know, eight months ago. And I was just having a conversation with her the other day and she's now like speaking at places and she's like taken like, ownership that she is an energy healer is like she has so much power inside of her and being able to see somebody who doesn't feel like their gifts matter or they don't, maybe they don't even have any gifts at all to fully realizing that they have something to to give back to this world and they can make an impact and like actually seeing the ripple effects of who they're helping it's i mean we just never know and I will never know that the changes that spark really makes because there's just so many layers to it so many ripples of change that's my favorite thing like that i if if there's one thing that that i could say i have the most gratitude for with spark it's it's that feeling of just knowing how i will never fully understand the impact that this is making
1: yeah that's so fantastic and that's that's i i just got goosebumps when you said that like the idea that Because I I feel like that's definitely my definition of fulfillment, and I think that there's a lot of people out there, but leaving something that lives on so much longer than you do, that has a legacy that's so much bigger than you, I can totally resonate with that, and I'm sure that that's an amazing feeling. One of the kicks that I'm on right now is this idea of imperfect action. And we talk about failure all the time. But again, just like comfort zones, I feel like it's this abstract comment that people throw out statements about failure and nobody really understands until they've done it over and over again. And so I'm interested to know your first conference that you put together that was so impactful. Can you talk about the importance of imperfect action to make that happen?
0: Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, if I, but looking back there, I mean, there was so many, so many things that could have been done better with that first conference, obviously. I mean, hindsight's 2020. But if I would have waited to have known what the heck I was doing for Spark to, to do ever to even like think about doing the first ever conference, I still would never have done it. Putting on an event or doing anything that you've never done before. I mean, there's, So many. I mean, there's so many fears around it. There's so many challenges, Um, but every year it gets better and better and better and better, and we improve. Like even Spark this year, I know is going to be so. Especially if we have to take it virtually. Uh, There's so many things that we're we're learning that if I waited until I felt like it was going to be perfect, it would just never freaking happen. I mean. we all We all get these ideas, these intuitive polls and if you, I cannot stress enough that if you take immediate action, the moment that you feel it, you're going, like there's, there's nothing that you can do that's going to take you down a wrong path. That even if you fail, like you were meant to fail at it, so you can learn something, so you can take the next step. The reason why people don't take action is they're just overthinking it. They're letting their subconscious programming get in the way of what their heart is trying to tell them this is the next step. And so people are always like, I don't know what the next step in my life is supposed to be. Uh, people are terrified to take the wrong step. There is no wrong step. Whatever step feels like the next step, that's the one you're supposed to take. do Oh my do gosh, it.
1: so powerful. Just do it. Before starting Spark, or, and maybe even a little bit now, in, in that corporate world, did you have that perfectionist streak where you felt like you had to, to have it right? Or was this idea always something that you were pretty okay with? It was just going out there and figuring it out.
0: Oh God, no! I am I am a hundred percent a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I, a hundred percent. The, <laughs> the and and honestly, like if I did not get something perfectly right, I I mean I would beat up on myself. I mean it was just I I would. I remember actually being in uh, working for an organization where I absolutely loved my job because I was so good at it, and I like my, my love language is words of affirmation. So, I would do I would do anything to get the kudos, the great job. And the minute that somebody said something like I didn't do something correctly, all of a sudden I hated my job. I went from loving it one day to hating it because I, being perfect was like part of who my identity was. I grew up with the best grades. I wanted to, like it was so important to me because visibility for me meant doing really, really well. I wanted to have the high fives. And so the concept of messing up or doing something incorrectly um, now, I, and it's been totally through realizing like how much that doesn't truly matter. Um, I I love messing things up. Like I, it's, we were having a, a, a team call with my team the other day um, and we were talking about like a mistake that I had made. I did. And I was like, that's awesome. Cool. Let's all celebrate that because now I'm not going to do that again. Um, at least, and at least <laughs> it got done. If I, if I mess up on, um, cause I don't edit my emails, my, or I send an a email to the Spark community every Monday and, um, I'll occasionally get people who will respond and say like, Oh, you spelt this incorrectly. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. I'm really excited about that because if I would have went knew that this had to be perfect, I probably never would have written it. So F it. Um, My podcast is called The Flawed Females because I want people to embrace the fact that they are not perfect.
1: Yes. And um, so your podcast was this idea of, well, actually scratch that. Did your podcast or your um, Spark conferences come first?
0: Um, the Spark Conferences came first. So the concept of being a flawed female came before Spark. I had a blog for a while called The Flawed Female, and I would just blog about um, my understanding or my knowing. I was It was almost like this memoir of how I was learning how to embrace not being perfect. And when Spark came out, I was the same year I, lo- I did. I launched a podcast called The Flawed Female, just one female. And it was an interview style podcast. I think I got like 18 podcast interviews in, and I was like, this is so much work. I'm not <laughs> I, quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. And then last year, I kept feeling like oh, that was such, I just feel so much that that message needs to be out there. And um, this woman's, kept popping into my, my mind every time I thought about a podcast. It was a, a group instructor from the gym I used to work at. I didn't know her super well. And so I just sent her a text and I was like, would you ever consider doing a podcast with me? And she's like one of the funniest people that I know. And she immediately called me and she's like, I have been thinking about doing a podcast. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Let's do it. And um, now, I mean, she's it makes so much sense that she, that she, why she was popping into my mind. We're, it's like the most perfect conversation. We're, we're have so many differences and so many similarities, but it's done really, really well. It's consistently ranked in the top 15% of self-development podcasts in the U.S.
1: That's awesome. What's your favorite part about doing those podcasts?
0: Um, they're never the same. It's just these, like, honestly, it's just a conversation. It's in the room I'm sitting in now. Lizzie's sitting next to me. Uh, I never know what's going to come out of her mouth. Um, (laughs) I'm not even joking. She's like the funniest person I've ever met. But we get to have these very in-depth conversations that are, while they they do have humor to them, they are incredibly vulnerable. I mean, we talk about um, mental health and we talk about like just Sex. We talk about um, what it's like to for her. Like she, she is um, was trying to get pregnant. Like her whole pregnancy, she just had the baby um, four weeks ago, was documented on the podcast. What it's like going through pregnancy. What it's like to go through her and her wife. You know the struggles of being able to to actually get pregnant. And just the things that you want to talk about with your girlfriends, but you're even actually kind of embarrassed to talk about with your girlfriends sometimes, rashes, weird stuff.
1: (laughs) Enter that conditioning all over again, right? Like what it's okay to talk about and what it's not okay to talk about.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's, again, just giving, like the vulnerability gives permission for people to to know that they are not alone. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that's why I love these podcasts so much um, because, you know, you went through it in the very beginning of your career where you, or of your, where you were talking about your marriage, where you were afraid to say that you were unhappy. And so many people go through it in their, in their lives. And when we get people that are willing to come on podcasts like this and like your podcast and like so many of the other amazing podcasts out there that are willing to talk about their struggles, it just is one more voice that might connect with that person who needs it that feels like they're alone. And that's the whole reason that I love these podcasts so much
0: it's such a great platform it really is and the podcasts that are, are having these real conversations i mean those are the ones i think that like you're never going to know the ripple effects of the of the changes that you're making just by having these these conversations and
1: and I am totally okay with that. Just just as you mentioned, it's, it's pretty powerful to think of. And it is pretty amazing every time you get that message from somebody that you don't know that's like, hey, this really impacted me. You're like, okay, this is why I do that. And it's crazy how sometimes those messages come at the time where you're questioning whether you should keep going.
0: I was just going to say that. <laughs> the, the, the universe is so clever in making sure that we get reminders when we need them the most about why we're doing what we're doing. Um, anytime I felt stressed out about putting on like the conference or and, like just any aspect of daily life or even being a mom, something will inevitably come up where it's someone showing gratitude and it's just such a beautiful reminder. Love it.
1: So this podcast was started, well, actually, before I do that, where can people find your podcast? Is it on all um, podcasting platforms or? All
0: podcasting platforms. um, The website is flawedfemales.com. You can find all of the links on there too.
1: Perfect. Um, So this podcast was started because of something that you mentioned when you were talking about your story, the idea that we chase this idea of success, but we really never take time to define it. And so a question that I love to ask every guest that comes on the show is, what is your personal definition of success? And we've talked a little bit about how that's changed, but has that always been your definition?
0: Uh, No, it definitely has not always been my definition. Um, I think the personal definition of success for me is always always liking the view from where I'm sitting and knowing that that view is supposed to change because I think that we strive so much to get to a place where we really enjoy the view of our life, and it's not always it's not meant to stay the exact same view and when you start feeling that that moment of knowing that you need to change or feeling a little bit unsatisfied, you just need to pivot and change your view. And so anytime I look around and I feel like I really like the view from where I'm at, then I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm successful. And that changes I constantly. That.
1: I love that. And the other thing that comes to my mind when you say that, because I am such a comfort zone fanatic, is I, like the fact that you can get really comfortable doing uncomfortable things. Like people can look at you and say, oh my gosh, I could never do that. And that's comfortable for you. And if that's the case, then it's time for you to push yourself even more. Like your uncomfort zone can become your comfort zone.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, that This has been like the story of my life this last year. Um, can I give you a quick example? Absolutely. So I'd hate having uncomfortable conversations with people, something where I know there's gonna be some sort of conflict there might I might make a, somebody upset i I much prefer sending emails when it comes to <laughs> but last year i was I was putting on an event with another woman. It was the first collaboration event that I'd ever done. It was a non spark event and there was just a lot of miscommunication and it was it was I was knowing that i needed to have a hard conversation with her but terrified to do it and i almost sent an email and janelle who she works for me she was like just give her a call just (laughs) a call now it was it was the hardest thing that i've ever had to do but that conversation with her which ended up going incredibly well all of the sudden made it easier to have the next difficult conversation that I had to have. Um, And it's been this domino effect where now I actually feel so confident when I know I have to have a conversation that is where somebody might feel any sort of disappointment, anything besides absolute joy. I crave it because I know that it's just going to make me even better for the next one. And I think that can be in any area of our lives where if you just do it, rip off the bandaid, it hurts less every other time.
1: You know, so I'm laughing a little bit inside because um, I'm hearing you say that you used to like to send emails for uncomfortable conversations and I'm sitting here thinking okay so you write down your words and you allow the other person to put whatever they want behind it because so much gets lost in translation with an email you know I did a podcast interview with a uh, with somebody who deals with leaders and emotions and I asked her what she thought the number one misconception was in leaders when she goes in. And she said that it was that being nice and being kind are the same thing. And I Mm -hmm. asked her to dig into that. And this goes exactly to what you were just talking about. She says, there's uncomfortable conversations that we don't want to have. They're not always the nice conversations to have, but they're the kind ones to have because they're going To change their life for the better in the future. Like maybe they don't know they're doing these things. Maybe they don't know that they're showing up in a way that's hurting their career and hurting their life and hurting their relationships. And by us having that uncomfortable conversation with them, they get the opportunity to change that.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. Such a great way of, of looking at that. I agree.
1: Yeah. It it definitely changed the way I look at it because I'm an attorney and I can have uncomfortable conversations on behalf of somebody else all day long, but the uncomfortable conversations on behalf of myself, I'm
0: like, okay, let me back up and send an email, (laughs) right? (laughs) They can't yell at
1: me on an email. Oh,
0: and 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 women, women were naturally just more empathic, and so we can feel other people's emotions. And like I, 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 think it's also can be kind of selfish. And when we're having a hard conversation, and somebody's taking it, and then maybe they are crying or upset, like it's going to make us feel upset because we are empathic creatures. And so it's yes, but it's and kind. that's
1: entirely okay for all of you listening out there. Don't dumb down your, your empathy because you're tired of feeling like that, like own it and figure out how to use it for power. Absolutely. So my follow-up question, because, and this came from actually hearing everybody's answers to the success issue is I realized that success and fulfillment are two very different concepts that are so often interchanged and talked about together. And so I love to know the, relationship for you between success and fulfillment? Does one come before the other? Are they unrelated to you? How, how do those two play into your life?
0: I think when I think of success, I think it, it feels like, like an ever-changing destination um, where fulfillment, even if you're not exactly where you want to be in your life, you can still feel fulfilled because fulfillment for me is more internal, um, whereas success is more of an, an external. If that makes sense, um, because I might be in a place right now where I'm changing my view because maybe I'm making a pivot in my life i'm I'm doing something new because I think I want to maybe write a book, and when I write the book, I feel like I'll, I'll be able to reach a new level of success. however, I can feel fulfilled fulfilled internally every single day by doing something towards reaching that level of success making sure that i'm i'm Getting out, spending 10 minutes writing every day. I'm taking care of my body. I'm taking care of my mind. I'm growing constantly. I'm having really great relationships. All of those things make me feel fulfilled.
1: Sorry, I had a car passing by me and it was really loud. So I was. <laughs> um, so I love that answer so much. Um, I want to know if you're in a position where you can only have one conversation with somebody and you can only get one message across to them what do you want them to know
0: oh my gosh just trust your inner knowing what every everything that we want in our lives and the every every destination we're supposed to go to every every big leap that we're supposed to take All of that is inside of like our internal GPS of our our entire life's roadmap is not external. It's not in a book you're going to read. It's not in advice that you're going to get from watching something on YouTube. Um, If you are looking for answers on where you're supposed to go, who you're supposed to be, get really, really quiet and ask yourself, because guess what? The answer will come up. It might not be what you think it's going to be or something that you'll even like, because it's going to require you to do something you've never done before. But listen, listen, listen to it. It's your intuition.
1: So amazing. That's such a powerful message. So if people want to connect with you, um, if they want to follow up about any of the Spark conferences or about your podcast, or just connect with you in general, where's the best place for them to reach you?
0: Um everything. So there's different websites for everything, obviously. But if you go to rachelaroric.com, you can access the podcast from there. You can access um Spark from there. Um, all of my social media links are there as well. Amazing. Before we wrap up, I would
1: love to let everybody have an opportunity to get to know you a little bit with a quick random round. Are you okay with that?
0: Oh yeah, sure. Perfect. This sounds fun. What
1: profession other than your own do you think would be fun to attempt?
0: Singing. I have a horrible voice, but I've I've always thought it would be so much fun to be a singer.
1: I think I see a karaoke night in our future at maybe Spark Portland. Heck yeah, I'm down. (laughs) If you (laughs) could time travel, where would you go and why?
0: I would want to go back to the 50s and hang out with my grandma when she was in her early 20s, late teens. Um, just the conversations I've got to have with her. I feel like she and I would be really, really great friends if we were both the same age. It'd be so much fun.
1: That's amazing. What personality trait or skill or quality do you think has been most impactful to you in your life?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, personality trait or quality. I would have to say, Oh God, that's a, that's a tough one, Amber. (laughs) Um, I think it's just my ability to connect, um, uh, the, the connection that I can create with people. And, um, I think that's done just through honestly through vulnerability and being able to, to take my own mask off.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, As far as books are concerned, are you a physical reader of books or do you listen to audiobooks?
0: Uh, Both. I'd say it's probably 50-50. I love actually holding a book, but I love being able to listen to certain authors I just listened to Glennon Doyle's Untamed and love her voice. If You you are the
1: fourth person that has said that to me in like two weeks. And so I think that's a sign from the universe.
0: We're we're doing a Spark Book Club this month and everybody is like, this is one of the best books ever written. I cannot recommend it highly enough.
1: Love it. I'll have to check it out. Um, So that leads right into the next question, which you may have just answered. But what book have you recommended the most to people?
0: Uh, it's well, I think probably you are a badass by Jensen Sincero, but um, this one untamed will definitely be um going forward one of my i mean top two hundred percent every woman this should be a requirement once you turn like twelve. Read this book here you go. love it. um, do
1: you have a morning routine, and if so, what does it look like?
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. It's changed the last three <laughs> weeks with with this the quarantine um it's always taking at least an hour for myself and to, to not do anything to do with technology. Uh, and sometimes that's meditating for a solid hour. Um, more often than not, it's like doing a quick 20 minute meditation with, um, writing down some journal prompts, some journal prompts that I ask myself almost every day is who do I want to connect with today? Um, how can I grow my mind today? How do I want to feel at the end of the day today? Um, and just really visualizing is almost I'd say that's a morning routine, but it's gotten to be where it's it's all throughout the day. I try to spend um, at least an hour I'd say about an hour a day doing some sort of visualization practice of how I want this week to look like, How do I want a specific event to look like, and imagining it in my mind before it ever actually comes to fruition, and because it, it always ends up coming to fruition.
1: Oh my gosh. Visualization is so powerful. So powerful. So I love that so much. Um, lastly, I'm a music nerd, so this is entirely self-serving. Um, what song motivates you right now? I love to like figure out what people are listening to.
0: Oh, motivates. listen, I'm the kind of person who like finds a song and then I listen to it like 20 million times over <laughs> and over again until I get sick of it. And my family, it drives them absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, the song that I'm listening to right now, and I'll say it motivates me because it makes me want to dance. It's um, Sierra and it's called Thinking About You. And I, I, apparently it's not a new song, but I just heard it for the first time. And I've been dancing around my house to that song for the last, I don't know, week I love it.
1: I love it. I'm going to have to check it out and I'm going to have to build like a more than corporate playlist with everybody's stuff. Like it would be the most eclectic mix of music ever, but I think I would love it. I would
0: listen to it. You should do
1: it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Um, one more time before
0: we end, where's the best place for people to reach out to you? Uh, RachelOrorick.com and will link to Spark, The Flawed Females and all social media.
1: Perfect. Again, thanks so much. I've really appreciated our conversation.
0: Me too. It's been great.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman.